0: If you take a moment to think about it, what you'll realize is that a lot of who you are today is the sum total of the choices that you have made. Now, most of us in this room, I think, would say that there is a particular choice we made at some point that literally changed the course of our lives. What would that be? All right, good. Good, good, good. Christ. Very true. So in, in my life, I know if you looked at me before I was saved, you would not want anything to do with me. I actually didn't want anything to do with me. But after that, not immediately, but very soon after that, life changes for me. So here's what the word says about that. This is what Joshua said. We talked about Joshua. But if serving the Lord Seems in any way undesirable for you, then you choose. You choose what you this day, what you choose to serve and who you choose to serve. But as for me and my house, as for me and my family, we've made a choice. We're going to serve the Lord. David says in the Psalms that I have, I have what? I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed your ordinances, that's God's ordinances before me. You see, beyond this decision of making Christ as your Savior, okay, each and every day you and I make choices that shape where we're going, that shape where you and I will be, how we will be in the future. Last week, Pastor Greg brought brought us a very important choice, and that is, will we choose purpose over popularity in our lives? And today I want to introduce you to our second message, which is, important versus urgent. Okay. Now, here's a a scenario I want to ask you. Most people would say, I wish I had more time for. So maybe it's more time to rest. Okay. Maybe it's more time to read. Maybe it's more time to spend with your kids or your grandkids or with someone you care about, or maybe you want to travel. There's so many different things. So let me ask you a question. How about you? Would you say that, Ed, if I I had more time, I have some things I would really like to do? Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, okay. They're, They're the honest ones. Okay, so we all would normally say, hey, there's some things I'd like to do that I just don't get to. So as I go around and I ask people, okay, how's life? What's, what's going on? How are you doing? Here's what I usually hear. Well, you know, most of the time I hear, well, life's good, but boy, am I busy. You know, or something like, wow, things have just been crazy lately. Or, man, I don't know where the time goes. See, we hear those because what they're basically saying is, my, my life isn't, I don't have control of my life. It's kind of out of control right now. Or, or, or so we think. See, I can't remember the last time that I asked somebody, hey, how you doing? And they said, wow, I am so rested, I don't even know what to do anymore. You know, my life is so good right now. I, You know, I have nothing to do. Do you have anything you want me to do? Because I am just, I mean, I am chilling. I am sleeping in. I mean, I am, no, I don't hear that. I don't I don't hardly ever hear that. Because here's what, I'm gonna give you a statement and that I believe is true. It's not, I don't, you know, I really believe it's true. You can make that decision. But here's what I think. If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. What do you think? Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because when we really look at our lives and what we're busy at, I I would encourage you to do that. Under close scrutiny, many of the things we do are not really necessary. See, it's, it's really hard to say for me, that I wish I had more time to do this, or I had more time to do that, because I know better. Why? Because I'll tell you this, I have the time to do whatever I choose to do, and if I can't do one thing, it's because I chose something else. I've learned that, so let me give you an example of that. I'm really busy right now. I've got some really uh, straining things going on at work. Uh, Shiloh's always busy, mainly because of Pastor Greg, and And, and family always keeps you busy, but I had to go to a business meeting. I know it doesn't sound like one, but it's way up in northern Maine. A friend of mine owns a lot of land, and when we go up there, we have a business meeting, but we also do a lot of other things. We shoot skeet, we do target shooting, we ride ATVs. Uh, we just do a lot of fun stuff, all right? And while I was up there, I found out he had a thing called a game cam. Who knows what a game cam is? Yes, so anyway, I thought it was so cool. I came home and guess what I wanted? A game cam. So guess what I did? I bought one and guess what? It came in and it had instructions and it took me a while but I finally figured it all out. I went out and I put it on, you know, in, in my backyard where there's like, like woods and a little pond. And, uh, and then I went down three days later and I looked at it knowing I was gonna just have amazing things and guess what was on my game cam? Nothing, Nothing except me putting the game cam up. But here's the deal. I didn't have time for that game cam, but I made time for that game cam because I was excited. And see, I've learned that I will make time for the things I want to make time for. And that's why I don't say, oh, I don't have time for that, okay? I have time for, see, if you say to me, I don't have time for that, then that means you have time for something else. And that's not important enough to take away the something else. See, I want to talk to you today about, after your salvation, I want to talk to you about some of the, biggest, most important decisions you'll make. You make them every day of your life, and that is choosing between the urgent and the important, okay? Every day of your lives, and I want you to know this. It's some of the hardest decisions you will ever get to make until you learn how to make them. So here's, here's hope for the fact you can do this, and I'll build the case for urgent versus important in just a moment, but here's how you choose and how I choose if we want to, Psalms 25, David says, who is the man who fears the Lord? Who has a knowledge of God and respects him and loves him? It says, God will instruct him in the way he should choose. Now, some of you think, as most people do, well, Ed, if something is urgent, isn't it always important? Quick answer, absolutely not. Okay, so let's build a distinction between the urgent and the important. So let me give you some examples. If I own a business and and I get customer complaints, so customer complaints, if I want to keep my business, are what? They're urgent, right? Okay, so if I get multiple customer complaints and they're all urgent, guess what? Maybe I should develop a process to fix whatever's wrong so I don't get as many urgent complaints. That would be called something that's in... Important. Okay, if I have a car that's broken down because I haven't changed the oil in seven years, it's urgent to get the car to a repair shop and get it fixed. But what's important? I learned to change my oil, right? If I'm sick, really sick, but I eat horrible, I don't exercise, I don't sleep right, I worry all the time, I need urgently to get to the doctor. But guess what? What's important about this? Change my diet, change my lifestyle, right? That's important. Seth Godin, the author, said this. If you choose what is important, you won't deal with as as many things that are urgent. And the opposite of that is true, by the way. If you frequently choose things that are urgent, you will not have time to deal with the things that are important. Let me read you a a segment out of the book Tyranny of the Urgent. I taught on this about 40 years ago, I think, um, by Christian author Bob Hummel. Here's what he says. Have you ever wished for a 30-hour day? Surely this extra time would relieve the tremendous pressure under which we live. Our lives leave a trail of unfinished tasks, unanswered letters, uninvited friends, unread books, and haunt the quiet moments when we stop to evaluate what we have accomplished. We desperately need relief. But would that longer day really solve our problem? Wouldn't we soon be just as frustrated as we are now with our 24-hour allotment? We could hardly escape Parkinson's principle that work expands to fill all available time. An experienced factory manager once said to me, your greatest danger is letting the urgent things crowd out the important. He didn't realize how hard his advice hit me. It has often returned to haunt and rebuke me by raising the critical problems of priorities. We live in constant tension between the urgent and the important. The problem is that many important tasks need not be done today or even this week. Extra hours of prayer and Bible study, a visit to an elderly friend, reading an important book. These are activities that can wait just a little bit longer. But often, urgent, less important details and tasks call for our immediate response. Endless demands pressure our every waking hour. So interesting commentary by a very godly man, and and it really should cause us to stop and think, but let's take that from, from human writings, and let's go to, to a godly writing. Let's go to Luke, and we're going to go to Luke chapter 10. And here we have this story that you've all heard, probably many of you have heard many, many times, and you've heard messages on it. But you're going to hear it again, okay? And, and we're going to pick this up about Martha and Mary, two sisters. Jesus knows them well, and they know him well. Okay, and, and we picked this up in Luke 10:38, And it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So she had the sister Mary. And what we're going to see is that, that Mary is going to choose what's really important. See, Mary knew that this man was special. He was a rabbi, but he was more than a rabbi. They'd watched him do everything miracle after miracle, and when Jesus came to her home, she just wanted to be with him. And I would argue that if Jesus came in this church right this moment, that I don't know about you, but I would want to be with him. I don't really care how the stage looks. I don't really care how the mix of the sound is. I just want to be with Jesus, right? Okay, so Mary sat at his feet. Martha did what most of us would do. She surrendered to the urgent. So here's what, let's go on with the story. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, meaning Jesus, and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Wow. Wow. See, Martha, <coughs> excuse me, is very anxious, okay, about wanting everything to be just Right. She wants it actually to be perfect before he comes in her house. But here's the problem. She misses the fact that Jesus is perfect. That's why Mary's sitting at his feet. But let's be honest, okay? What about you? I mean, if you knew somebody really important was coming to your house, someone, you know, nationally known, somebody that's really important, come on, would you or would you not spend a lot of time getting your house in order? Come on. I know what happens at our house. Okay, when we have somebody coming over, I mean, it's all hands on deck, right? I just get my orders from Barb, and I know what my things to do are, right? Okay, so I have to clean up this and clean up that and take things down to the basement and hide stuff in the garage and do all that kind of stuff. Okay, Barb puts this little pan on the stove and puts this little stuff in it. It's making everything smell nice. and, And she lights candles and all that kind of stuff. Okay, because we're getting ready for somebody to come over. So come on, let's think about it. We can understand where Martha was, right? But unfortunately, still not good. So here's what it says. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So let me ask you this who said they had to be made? Who said so? Martha. Martha said that. Martha said they have to be made. Guess what? That isn't what Jesus said. Let's look at uh, verses 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. Never good when Jesus uses your name twice. Okay? Remember when you were a kid and your mother used your name twice? That was not good. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, really only one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, we have two different opinions here. Things that had to be done, and they're not important. So... If they are important, then Jesus really blew it in what he said to Martha. How many, by raising of hands, think Jesus really blew it? All right, good. That was good. I wonder what would happen if somebody raised their hand. Um, so in this situation, Martha is being ruled by the urgent. I mean, it seemed very, very much like it was important, but it wasn't important. It was urgent, Okay. Mary was ruled by the important. She knew about that stuff, but she just made a decision. I don't care. I got a chance to sit here and talk to Jesus, and that's what I'm doing. Martha then makes a really bad mistake. She goes to Jesus and basically rats out or tattles on Mary. She says, hey, come on, Jesus. What's, what gives here? I mean, she's sitting here talking to you, and I'm look at the sweat on my brow. I mean, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. See, I think we face these type of things more than you would ever realize. We face these urgent, but not important. These pressing matters that seem like we have to do something when we really don't have to do something. So here's, here's my way of, of trying to reorient our lives. I'm asking myself the same question and I will answer it. What is the one thing? What is the one thing that you could do that would have the greatest impact on your life? What is the one thing? See, I went through a number of years of coaching and I also coach. So I have other successful men and women that, that utilize me to help them be more successful, not just in their business, but in their personal lives to get balance and everything. But here's the deal. This is the most, most impactful question that I can ask them. Tell me what the one thing you could do that would have the greatest impact on your life. So let me tell you, I had somebody come up afterwards and say to me, Oh, by the way, I have two. No, you don't. Okay, you don't. You can only have one. <laughs> so I said, Pick the one of those two that's the best and start there. That's our problem. When we say make a list of the things you really want to do, your list is way too long and you don't do any of them or you do most of them in a less than effective way. What's the one thing? See, some of us might say, that my one thing is I am distracted from time with the Lord. I mean, I don't have this intimate relationship I'd like to have. I, my heart is not li- aligned with Christ as I think it should be because this is my one big thing Ed. that I just need. I need the discipline of having, that's what, where a disciple comes from. I need that. Or maybe you'd say, I'm so busy doing for my children that I'm not enjoying my children. I'm investing in my children in surface ways and not in the way I'd really like to invest in them. And maybe that's your one big thing. Maybe it's your marriage, okay? You have a marriage that you know is not where it should be. And maybe with more investment and more time spent trying to fix that marriage, you would live a lot different life. And maybe that's your one big thing. What about exercise? You know, have you always said, this is my year, but then January comes and you decide to go and the health clubs are all too busy and crowded and you can't get a locker, so oh well, I won't do that. Exercise, is that your one big thing to allow yourself to feel better and to be better? What about ending a relationship? Is there a relationship in your life that is harmful to you? that you know is not the right thing for you? Do you need to end that? Is that your one big thing? What about things like addiction? Is there something in your life that you would be honest and say, Ed, I am addicted to this and I need to get out of that? Maybe it's a sin in your life that you have gone over and over and over repeating this, I repent and then going back into it. Is that, is that your one big thing? You see... For some of us, it's having too many good options, having too many things that we can say yes to. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But your, your one big thing is getting rid of all those other things that press in on you. What is that one thing? What is the one thing that would make the greatest impact in your life? See, we make choices, you and I, every single day. We have time for what we choose to have time for. That's why with God's help, we can learn to choose what God has for us, not what the world has for us. So, that, what is the one thing, is, is a practical takeaway for you today. That is, that's probably the, one of the best practical things I can give you for dealing with the important, not the urgent. But let me give you three other practical thoughts of how you can start to change the way you make choices in your life. Number one, be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. Be incredibly careful and prayerful about what you say yes to. See, I would would argue that most people, most people, it's not a lack of commitment that affects the meaningfulness of their lives, it's overcommitment. That's the big enemy of us dealing with the important, not the urgent. Most, most people that are successful have learned to say no very frequently to good things. Why? <laughs> because that way they have the bandwidth and the ability to say yes to the best things, okay? Now, here's the deal. How many, I'm not gonna ask or raise hands, but many of us create to-do lists. So here's a great suggestion for you. I want you this week to create a to-don't list. <laughs> come on, come on, I want you to create a to-don't list. So you can list the things that you don't have to do and you're not gonna do any in the future. If you want a more meaningful life, I would like you to say no to more and yes to less. You know, as a pastor, in, in that vein of thoughts, I get approached, and, and in my business, I get approached by a lot of good opportunities. And, and one of the things that, that I've been approached on a number of times is, is how will I get involved in the drug crisis in, in Manchester and New Hampshire? And, and, you know, I'm involved in, in kind of cursory ways, but, but really not all in, hard in on anything because I haven't really found that thing that I felt God said, this is, this is the door. I'm going to open it for you. And so just recently something came to me and I was encouraged to get more involved. And you know, it, I knew, I knew in my heart that God said, this is, this is what I have for you. Say yes to this. Because my normal instinct was to say no because I just know how it gets when you do a lot of good things. So, so it's important for us To keep our yeses tightly secured and know that God has us to say yes God doesn't have you say no to everything of course not but but we say yes usually more than we should and and no not as often as we should number two Everything in your life, for the most part, everything in your life falls under three primary uh, uh, segments of choices, okay? So the first one is this, is this important and urgent, okay? Or urgent and important. That's number one. Now, let me tell you about these choices. You have no choice, okay? This is not something you have to take any time thinking about. These always demand your response and usually immediately. Example, Okay? I'm at church here in my office talking to Pastor Greg. We get a call. Hey, Ed, Barb's been in an accident. She's at CMC. You need to come. I don't say, well, you know, Greg and I are really at a really important part of this conversation. And I can be there in 10 minutes. How much is 10 minutes going to make a difference? She'll be fine. Seriously? Am I going to say that? Am I going to say, oh, man, we got three minutes left in the game. There, it's a cliffhanger. Three minutes. How long? Is, I mean, come on. She'll be okay. No, I'm out of there no matter what I'm doing. Because it's urgent and important. There are very few of these in your lives. You may think you you have them. You don't. You have urgent but not important. But let's not go there yet. But urgent and important, not a problem, no choices to make. You'll always do those. Next one, key, important but not urgent. This is the thing that never cries out for your time. These are the things that nag you in the night. These are the things that you kind of avoid whenever you can because you know you're not doing what you should do. This is where we plan. This is where we vision. This is where we do things that will prevent the urgence. These are the things. This is where we spend time with the Lord, okay? This is our intimate time. Important, not urgent. How many of you have said, "Well, I'm really busy this morning, but I'll do my Bible reading by the end of the day or do my prayer time by the end of the day. How many of you know you get in bed at 10 o'clock and you're exhausted, Right? Yeah, so you read, you fall asleep three times reading the Bible, and then you finally close and go to bed. Okay, important, not urgent. This is where you want to live. Okay, this is where you want to live. You have to practice this. First of all, we said, you got to say, what's my one thing? Number two is you got to be able to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. You know, and, and I'll tell you something. When you say yes to the best things and no to the every, you're going to have people tell you, wow, you really missed it, Ed. This is a great, you know, you're really gifted in this area. You should be doing it. You know what? Just nod your head and say, wow, I really appreciate the input. And then go do what God tells you to do. Urgent but not important. This is where most of us live. Okay, this is where we live. Urgent, but not important. What are examples of that? Interruptions. You're trying to do something and you have interruptions. By the way, interruptions are things usually you let happen. They're not things that happen all by themselves. What's an interruption? Oh, my phone dinged. I have a text message. I wonder who it is. Oh, let me look. Oh, you know what? I should get back to them. Facebook, Instagram, urgent, but not important. Oh my gosh, look, so-and-so is separating from so-and-so. Can you believe what people put on those things? I mean, wow, interruptions, interruptions, phone calls, yeses we shouldn't have made, all types of artificial requirements that, that we put on ourselves that have nothing to do with being important but not urgent. That's the, this is the category that robs us the most, things that are urgent. So let me give you an example of Jesus and how he dealt with something that you think was urgent and important, okay? Lazarus, okay? Lazarus is whose brother? Mary and Martha. So they knew him well. Lazarus was known by Jesus, been in the house many times, talked to him, you know, how you doing, Laz? And and they would talk. News comes to him. Jesus, we have to go right now, immediately. Lazarus is really sick. They think he's going to die. You got to get there so you can lay hands on him and you can heal him. And Jesus says, nah, I don't think so. Jesus, it's Lazarus. Come on, Jesus. This is urgent and important. This is, you got to go. And Jesus said, no, 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 not going. And they said, well, what's up? They said, well, he's asleep, actually, as we're talking. And they said, oh, good. You know, if he's asleep, he's going to get be better. Uh, well, Jesus says, listen, he's dead. And it's like, whoa. So then he says he's going to go. And what do they say? Why bother? He's dead. Get it all wrong. See, Jesus had a relationship with who? God his Father. The same Father, by the way, that we have the ability to have a relationship with. And don't tell me it's because he was the Son of God, because it says in the Word of God that he set aside his what? His godliness. He came like man. Okay, so so Jesus knows this, that this is not an urgent and important. It is an important but not urgent. What's important is that I listen to my father and I go do, because, do what he says. Because why? Because God's, God's desire in everything in our lives is one thing. He wants to expand his kingdom. He wants that none would perish. That's his driver. Now, he blesses us. He heals us. He, but always, God is motivated by expanding his kingdom. And that's why I encourage people, when you pray for anything... Always end that prayer by saying, and God, use this to expand your kingdom, whatever it is you're going to do. But see, Jesus knew that. It was not urgent. It sort of looked urgent, but it wasn't. But it was important that he do what he was supposed to do. Number three, practical thought. Learn to do what matters most. When I coach individuals, and some of these are really successful individuals, it's the simple things that help. Okay, so what I say to them is when you get up in the morning, before you go anywhere, you're rested, you're getting out of bed, sit down and write the three most important things you have to do that day and put them in order. Three things. What do you have to do? What would you want to do today if you had nothing else to do? What are the three things? And then start with number one. But start your day with number one. Do something to start number one. And you know what? If you never get beyond number one, count it a great day. Because if you hadn't done those three things, you wouldn't have done number one. And if they were actually the most important, then let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Those are the important, not urgent things that, that when we start our day that way. So learn to do what matters first, not later. Don't say, you know what, here's what people do all the time. I just have these few phone calls to make. I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And then I can do these things that are really important. It never works that way. You go to the grocery store, you meet somebody you didn't think was going to be there, they start talking to you. Next thing you know, they need some help at their house. You go over to their house, you have this, you have that. You know, interruptions, text messages, phone calls, and you never get to the things that are really important. Start with what matters first. Start first with what matters most. See, in this whole thing of Martha and Mary, this is what it comes down to. If you boil it all down, we should do what God wants us to do first and all the rest of the stuff later. And the only way we know what God wants us to do first is when we make that our number one priority, which is spending time with Him. See, some of us keep adding more and more and more to our plates because there's so many good things to do. I don't care if it's, you're in church life as a leader or whether you're in business or whether you're in a family, whether you're a mom taking care of kids, whatever it is, whatever it is, there's just so many things to add to your plate and they take away from the most important things that you would do. See, I think in reality, most Christians know spending time with the Lord is the right thing to do. That's a priority. But but trust me, if you ask people and they're really honest with you, a lot of Christians don't do that. And why don't they do that? You know why? Because they're tired. And why are they tired? Because they're busy. Why are they busy? Because they say yes to too many things. You see, you and I all have this ability to choose. We, we can't say we don't have time for important things because you do. You just have to give up something else. See, you can make excuses in life about why you don't do some of the things you like to do, or you can make progress in doing those things. But here's what I would like to tell you. You can never do both. <laughs> okay, you can't make excuses and make progress. It doesn't work that way. So, for those of you that think, wow, you're really getting on said, I'm getting on me. Okay, I have to... I deal with this every day of my life. Now, am I better at at my current age than I was 40 years ago? Of course I am. I better be. But I still have a ways to go. So I want to end with what I started as my first important takeaway. What's the one thing you can do to have the greatest impact in your life? I don't care if you're 14 years old sitting in here, 12 years old, or you're 85 years old or 90. It doesn't matter. You have one thing you could do that would make the greatest impact on your life. And here's a secret. Do you know that probably 75 to 80% of you sitting in this room already have decided what it is? You already know. If you're honest with yourself, you would say, this is what I need to do. So let me tell you what mine is. Okay, so this is horrible to do this, by the way, because now I have 100 and some people that know what it is and hold me accountable. So this is a God-ordained moment, because otherwise I wouldn't tell you. Okay, so the greatest thing for me that would make the most impact in my life is exercise. Exercise. Now, I know you look at me and say, wow, don't you work out every day? Why are you laughing? All right. But no, I don't work out. I don't do what I should do. So I have to do this as a priority for me. I have to make this. This is my one thing. Now I have other things I could do, but this is the one thing that would help me. So what's your one thing? What's your one thing? Not two, not three. What's your one thing? So here's what I'm going to ask. This is homework. I want you to go home today, whether you know what it is already or you have to think about it, before you go to bed tonight, whatever time that is, that you will have written down somewhere, on a piece of paper, on the notes of your, of your phone, I don't care, but you've written down, this is my one thing. Whatever. So for me, it's exercise. And then every what? Every week, every month, every quarter, whatever makes sense, I want you to go in and evaluate yourself and how you're doing toward this on a one to 10. I don't have to do much in the way of exercise to get a seven or an eight. That's a good thing. But that won't last for long, right? Because I've got to keep growing in that. But I would encourage you, write it down. If you write it down, that is 70% of the battle. Assuming you look at it again. Okay, write it down. Ask God before you do this, God, is this the one thing? You know, that's why I want you to take a little bit of this day and think about it. Is this the one thing? I got to tell you guys, I know a lot of people that are really busy doing good things, but they're not effective in the kingdom the way they could be if they would say no more often and yes less often. Because we are surrounded by good things. So Father, I thank you for this time today. Lord, this is something that's near and dear to my heart because it's something I have had to deal with my entire life and still do. Thank you for the progress I've been able to make and thank you for the progress I still need to make. But Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. I pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom to write this down. To say, God, this is the one thing I think could really have great impact in my life. Write it down. And Father, help us to not put it aside for all the urgent things. Help us, Lord, to look at this daily, to gauge ourselves at some level, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Lord, help us to take seriously the choices we make. And Father, I pray today that many in here have made this choice for Jesus to be Lord of their lives. Well, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this building today that has not made a conscious decision that Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior of my life, that today, Lord, they get to choose the best choice they'll ever make. So Lord, I pray that those individuals won't leave this building before they, they make that decision and come and tell someone and pray with them. Father, that's the... That's the crowning glory of anyone's life. So I pray that today. Father, help us as as your children to walk in this life, not doing a bunch of good things, but doing the best things that you have for us. Give us the wisdom to know the difference. Father, I pray this in your precious, holy, amazing name, Lord Jesus. And all the saints said, amen. We love you. Love to pray with you For any reason up front here, we'll have a number of people up here. And if this is your day to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please come up. We'd love to pray with you before you go. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday.